Good morning, Peninsula Hope Church. I hope you guys are doing great. I hope you guys are sheltering in place safely as I know a lot of the restrictions are increasing. And I know for some of you, for many of us, um, it's frustrating and it's challenging. So just know we are praying for you and we are with you in spirit. We love you guys and we miss you. Let me open us up in some prayer. Lord Jesus, we give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. And Lord, as we head into Thanksgiving week, Lord Jesus, um, Lord, thank you for you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for everything you have done for us. And ultimately, Lord, for your sacrifice on the cross for us. We love you. Lord, help us to become more thankful for what you've done for us and what you do for us every day. We pray this in your name. Amen. So as we are transitioning from one sermon series to the next that we'll be doing for Christmas, I wanted to talk about Thanksgiving because that is the holiday that's coming up next for us. And I think that when we look in the future, or when we're looking back, let me put it that way, when we look back on 2020, I think it'll be easy to say that this was one of the most, or will be one of the most challenging years that the world has ever faced. And on an individual level, I think most people would agree that they have felt more stress and anxiety, frustration and anger than they have in a very long time, maybe more than they ever have ever. And as we head into the holiday weekend, or the holiday week next week, um, I think it's important that we ponder and process what we're truly thankful for. And this is important because I have this feeling that as people are gathering with whoever they're able to gather with, they're going to say something like, you know, with everything that's gone on in the world, it's kind of hard to think of things to be thankful for. And so I think it's important that we truly reflect on what it means to be thankful so we don't find ourselves next week saying that. Because the truth is, despite everything going on in the world, there are things to be thankful for. So let's reflect on that. What exactly does it mean to be thankful? If you were to look at a dictionary and looked at a definition, it'd probably say something along the lines of a grateful feeling or acknowledgement of a benefit, favor, or the like, expressed by words or otherwise. So I think that's a pretty clear definition. It's probably what most people think when they're thinking of thankfulness, of being, um, of showing or expressing thanks to someone else. So there's this aspect of something positive happening to the one or for the one who is giving thanks. But with that definition in mind of something good or something positive happening to us, and that's why we're thankful, how do we make sense of 1 Thessalonians 5.18? I'm going to read the NIV, and it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. So giving thanks in all circumstances, all, not some, all circumstances. And not only that, that is God's will for us in Jesus Christ. And how about Ephesians 5, verses 19 and 20, also in the NIV? Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, 
Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So in this verse, we're told always giving thanks to God for everything. I think if we look at the original languages in Hebrew and Greek, it will help us to understand what these verses are saying. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for thanks is yada, and it's tied to praise. So giving thanks or being thankful was about praising God for who he is and what he has done. So thanksgiving had so much to do with that praise for God's deliverance, for God's help and who he is, that he is the God of gods, the Lord of lords. He's the creator. He's the alpha and the omega. So in the Old Testament, that's what thanksgiving, what thankfulness meant, praising God for who he is. In the New Testament, this concept of thanks, it's broadened. And the Greek word for thanks is eucharisteo, which means to give thanks or express thanks. And there is a sense of obligation. So the thanks that is given, it's a duty. So being thankful has gone from not just praising God for who he is, it is, a now, a, it is now a way of life for those that are Christians. It's an obligation that we show thanksgiving, that we show thankfulness in both the good times and the bad. So you can see there is a much broader understanding of what it means to be thankful as a Christian. And here's a fun fact for you, any of you guys that like trivia. The word Eucharist, which is another term we use for communion, comes from the word Eucharisteo. So whenever you're taking communion, we are fulfilling our obligation as, and duty as Christians to remember Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and forgiveness of sins because of that sacrifice. So just wanted you guys to have that little factoid that you can use with some Bible trivia down the road. But if thanksgiving, if being thankful, if this is a duty and obligation for Christians, why do people struggle with that, heart, um, that heartfelt thankfulness? Well, I want to present two different reasons that I have seen and I was researching this week. And they are that we have a self-centered perspective on what it means to be thankful. And we are also not content. So again, that is having a self-centered perspective on what it means to be thankful and not being content. So let's take a look at this first one having that self-centered perspective on what it means to be thankful. Most of us are trained to say thank you when something good is given to us or is done for us. Most parents teach their kids to say thank you to show that they have good manners and to show appreciation. I'm sure many of you either train your children or did train your children to do that, or if you're, you know, in your 30s, 40s, or younger, you're like, yeah, my parents, this is how they raised us, to say thank you whenever something good is given to us or someone does something nice for us. So by the time we're adults, we say thank you in a similar way that people say bless you when you sneeze. 
most of the time, thank you is just this natural response that doesn't take much thought. And you may find yourself saying thank you even when you're not really thankful. But there's something that parents rarely teach their kids about saying thank you. And that's saying thank you when something is good for us, but not necessarily good from our perspective. This reminded me of having the chicken pox when I was uh, in elementary school. My sister and her best friend, um, they, they got chicken pox. And so my parents and my sister's best friend's parents, they got together and they're like, you know, I, I think we need to expose Andrew. I think we need to have them all hang out so Andrew gets this too because doctors have told us that it's a lot better to get chicken pox when you're young than when you're old. And so my parents had me hanging out with my sister and her best friend. And obviously as an elementary age kid, that's probably not the funnest thing for a boy to hang out with your sister and her best friend, but I did it. And within a few days, I was covered with the chicken pox and I was itching using Benadryl. And I'll tell you what, the last thing on my mind was to be thankful for my sister and her best friend and my parents for doing this to me. But when I look at it, praise God for that, that I should be thankful because it is so much better to be dealing with the chicken pox when you're young than if I had to deal with it now. I think, you know, I've, I've read cases of people that have actually died from the chicken pox getting it in their older age. But how many of us think about Thanksgiving for things that are truly good for us, but maybe not good from our perspective? So that's the first thing I wanted to talk about, about having that self-centered perspective on what it means to be thankful. Another aspect of this is, you know, we can develop this entitled attitude that says, I deserve this, or the world owes me, or I should be treated special or have certain privileges. I was reading several studies and it, they talked about how the leading causes of entitlement, they start in childhood. And a couple ways that this takes place is parents giving children whatever they want. And this can come in the form of spoiling them or always coming to their rescue. The other aspect that contributed to entitlement was overly praising or rewarding for tasks that are general expectations, like cleaning your room or you know, finishing everything on your plate for dinner. These are things that should just be expectations, but when you're rewarding your children, giving them money to do this, it can cause that entitled attitude when people become adults. And while there is nothing wrong with rewarding achievement and excellence, there can be dangers in rewarding mediocrity. People can have these expectations and these entitled attitudes. Now, the final thing I wanted to talk about dealing with this self-centered perspective is we tend to view things from our perspective and our feelings only. And the reality is when you only view things from your perspective or your feelings, you struggle to realize that things could be much worse. You forget that there are people with challenges much greater than your own and you lack sympathy and empathy. I read um, this story about someone who was waiting for their friend for lunch and their friend was 30 minutes late and they didn't call or text to say that they were going to be running late for this lunch meeting. And 
you know, as, as this story was unfolding, the author of the story was saying, you know, how would you feel from your perspective? You may think that your friend or this person that you're meeting, that they're disrespectful, you know, that they're not respecting your time and they're inconsiderate. But what if the reason that they're late is they were involved in an accident? And the reason that they didn't call was they were still in kind of a state of shock, so they just forgot. But they wanted to hold to that commitment with, of meeting with you for lunch. They didn't want to cancel that meeting with you. Do you think that if you understood or saw things from their perspective, maybe your feelings and your thankfulness for them to, to, to want to or to meet with you, do you think things would change a little? Would you be more thankful that they would be willing to do that? When you try to see things from another person's perspective or you consider their feelings, it increases your own thankfulness. I found myself thinking about that this week. I think for many of us, if we're honest, that sheltering in place has been challenging and doing all these meetings on Zoom, it can drive us a little crazy at times. And then I started thinking about first responders, per, uh, people in healthcare, people in law enforcement, people that work at gas stations and grocery stores. These individuals, they don't have the option of working from home. And in many cases, they, uh, they deal directly with the coronavirus and all of the social unrest that is going on in our country. And I was thinking about this and it made me so much more thankful that I have the flexibility to work from home. It changed my perspective and it made me so much more thankful. Now I want to talk about the second reason that I, that I noticed that people struggle with this heartfelt thankfulness and that is we are not content. We often focus on our wants instead of our needs. And a want, it's a desire or a wish. Whereas a need is something that is necessary or required. Something like food or water or shelter, these are things that we need. But the quality of food or the quality of where we live, that's really a want, that is a desire or a wish. And sometimes we get those things kind of twisted in our minds and it causes us to not be thankful. It causes us not to be content. We struggle with envy and jealousy. Now jealousy, it is resentment that something we possess, something that we have, it could be threatened by someone else. So this is really kind of an external view. Whereas envy, this is resentment that comes from wanting something that someone else has. So envy is more of an internal thing. And when we are preoccupied with what people have or what people can take away from us, it's really hard to be content. Another reason people struggle with contentness is they're dissatisfied. I read this very interesting article and it said, we develop a grass is greener on the other side mentality. We critique present circumstances. We complain, which decreases satisfaction and increases the desire to look for something better instead of looking 
for the positive aspects of one's circumstances. Another article explained that boredom is an example of dissatisfaction. Boredom causes people to look for new stimuli when the answer could be looking at things creatively, looking at a creative way to view your present circumstances. How can I make my boring job more interesting? What little improvements can I make in my home life? How can I challenge myself in my relationships? Now this is so important because the coronavirus has caused extreme levels of boredom. But they're not because I'm bored because you know I'm sick of watching this movie, I wanna watch something new. It's a different aspect to boredom that the things that we normally do for physical, mental, and spiritual health, they've changed. Think of it as a child or maybe a teenager that's being grounded. They become bored because they're not allowed to do the things that they normally do. And so that's really what's happening to us that in a way the coronavirus is grounding us and we're becoming bored and dissatisfied because we don't have the normal outlets. And that is happening to everyone. So we need to be aware of that because it leads to dissatisfaction, which leads to discontentment, which leads to not being thankful. And then the final one is disappointment in ourselves and others. When we don't experience change due to lack of progress or improvement or maybe a completion of projects or goals, whether this is true or perceived in our minds, we can become disappointed in ourselves, in others, in our situation. And this too leads to being discontented. And this is another area we have to be so aware of. Because especially in 2020, the coronavirus, social unrest, and the divide that was heightened and highlighted through the presidential election, this is the perfect environment to be disappointed because we don't see change or progress. And so we can become so disappointed in everything which causes us to be discontent which gets in the way of us truly being thankful on a heart level. So clearly, it is not easy to be thankful, much less thankful in every situation as scripture, as the Bible tells us we should be. So then, why would God tell us to be thankful in every situation and for all things? And why is this an obligation? Why is this a duty for Christians? Well, developing a thankful heart and mindset are important because they do these following things. They help us to refocus on God. And that is a form of worship. Psalm 28.7 in the NASB says this, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped therefore my heart triumphs and with my song I shall thank him so thankfulness is a form of worship and it helps us to focus on God again who he is what he's done 
And that's our duty. It realigns our priorities. Colossians 2 verses 6 through 7, the NIV says, So then, just as you received Christ, Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. That thankfulness helps us to reprioritize what is most important and it realigns us as well. Thankfulness helps to soften our hearts. As our hearts are changing, it gets softer. As we see things from other people's perspective, it softens our heart. We're not so hard-hearted. It changes our perspective. We see things differently. We see things thankfully. And then finally, it helps us deal with the challenges in our life. And that's so important, especially in 2020 with everything that is going on. Psalm 69 verses 29 through 33 in the NASB says this, But I am inflicted and in pain. May your salvation, God, set safely set me safely on high. I will praise the name of God with song and exalt him with thanksgiving. And it will please the Lord better than an ox or bull with horns and hooves. The humble have seen it and are glad. You who seek God, let your heart revive. For the Lord hears the needy and does not despise those who are prisoners. I hope that's encouraging to you that when we are thankful, when we're praising God, it helps us deal with our challenges. They may not go away, but it helps us to get through. And I love what it says is that that thanksgiving, that exaltation, that lifting God on high, it pleases the Lord more than a sacrifice. How incredible is that? That's the importance of developing that true heartfelt thanksgiving, that thankfulness in our heart. I want to end by reading Colossians 3. Verses 15 through 17 in the NIV because it gives these very clear steps that we can take in developing a thankful heart. And it's a clear reminder that true thankfulness is not about what we are thankful for. It is about who we are thankful for. And that who is Jesus let me repeat that again. Thanksgiving, a thankful heart, being thankful, thankfulness. It is not about what, it is about who. And that who is Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross for us. And that should warm your hearts. It should bring a smile to your face. And it should give you an incredible testimony next week to share at the Thanksgiving table to say, I am thankful. I am so grateful and thankful for Jesus Christ and what he's done for me and what he's done for you. Let me read the verse. Colossians 3 verses 15 through 17. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. 
And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. If you want to develop a grateful heart, meditate on the word of God, on the Bible, let it dwell inside of you and use it to teach and admonish one another. And then whatever you do, in word and deed, do it in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. That's how we develop that thankful heart. Lord Jesus, we love you. Lord Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you for your love. Lord, thank you for your gracious heart. Thank you for forgiveness of our sins. Lord, help us to be the kind of people that you want us to be. Help us to live lives that fulfill that duty, Lord, to be thankful to you for not only who you are and what you've done, Lord, but because it's who we have become, a thankful people who serve you. Lord Jesus, I lift my brothers and sisters everywhere and ask you, Lord, help us to be thankful for everything that you have done for us. Lord, we love you, we serve you, and again, Lord, thank you so much for who you are and what you've done. Amen. Hey, we love you guys. We hope you have a very blessed and safe Thanksgiving. If you're able to join us on Zoom Sunday, we're going to be talking about some really tangible things that we can do to grow in our thankfulness. We'll see you soon. God bless.